Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to No Limits, the Mitrap Podcast. And we're coming coming to you live again on the Mitrap Podcast this time. What do, how you doing this week, Mike? I'm just ecstatic that we get a full pod in today with a special guest, Brian, of the Com Majors Podcast, who you've heard as a guest before. Chris, since we did that little teaser last week while I was away on vacation, and we only scratched the surface of this big news with Kyle Mills' retirement, if you will, from the Mitch Rap series, and Don Bentley's onboarding, writing the next rap book, we hope, in 2024, I've just wanted to dig into it. I wanted to get your thoughts and, and hash it out, and we got to do that today. So I'm so excited to bring this episode to the people. Yeah, we, we couldn't just tease you with a little 10-minute... Uh breakdown we had we had to go what do we go an hour and a half with brian yeah we we have a lot we have a lot so wanted to have brian on we've had him on a couple times we've been on his podcast we forgot to tell him to plug it so i'll plug it here for him go subscribe follow the com majors any insight on movies you know they're fun fun podcasts to listen to you know just if you want something random and you You've, you've watched one of their movies, or sometimes I even listen to them when I haven't watched the movie, uh, yeah. and they, they they tell me what the movie's about. So, and you'll hear Brian's take on the Mitch Rap books, and he brings that same level of thoughtfulness and analysis to all the movies they cover. And his co-hosts are great, Jim and Katie. So, check it out, Com Majors Podcast. Love having Brian on. Yep, yep. But Chris, before we get into it. I've got a limerick here that I cannot wait to share because this is my tribute to Kyle and our welcoming to Don. What better way to celebrate this news than with a No Limits Thriller Podcast double limerick? Give it to me, baby. There is a great author named Mills who wrote some amazing rap kills. It's to him that we toast, for he deserves a great boast. We thank you, Kyle, for the thrills. And now, to Don Bentley we turn. For more rap adventures we yearn. The next heir to Vince. Words he'll not mince. The fans' hearts we trust he will earn. Well, Mike, that that very may well be your best limerick ever. That was really good. You got the cadence down right. Like, you, you know... The the rhyming was amazing. Wow, that and you can use that one again for uh, for, for um, red code red. But no, that was that was perfect. That was perfect. You got to read that. You got to read that one to Kyle. I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, you, you could tell with that one. Yeah, that you didn't write that one while I'm I'm saying the intro like the other ones. <laughs> that was not rushed ten seconds ago. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Well, guys, if you like what you're hearing and you like what you hear on this episode of No Limits, the Mitch Rap podcast, check out our other feeds over on season two, No Limits, the Scott Harvath podcast. We're covering every Brad Thor book. What do we do? Five or six already in the Brad Thor series? I think we're up to like seven, bro. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because we're approaching the halfway mark in a couple of months. Chugging along over there. We also have No Limits, the Thriller podcast. We do a smattering of other books. We've already covered the entire Jack Carr series, all the Chris Howdy books featuring Haley Chill, 
And we're going to be covering the new ones that come out this year with only the dead uh, in the James Reese series. We even covered the Terminalist TV show, and we've got a second season of that to cover down the road. So big things over at the Thriller podcast. What's the next book we're doing over there? I think we'll have something ready in the next week or two. On the No Limits? Yeah, on Thriller Pod. On Thriller Pod? Well, that's uh, Sleeping Bear, right? Oh, Connor Sullivan. Yes, yes, yes. And his second is coming out, Wolf Trap. So we'll be doing the Connor Sullivan one-two punch with Sleeping Bear and Wolf Trap over there. Yep, yep. Yeah, we've uh, we've actually done uh, nine Brad Thor books. Nine? Man, it's just flying. <laughs> Time is flying. Yeah, like we've, we, we've done like four or five. No, we've actually done nine. So. <laughs> Dude, we lose track of it all. Too many books, too many thrillers. It's like my Goodreads list. I finish a book. I'm like, oh, what comes next? I open up Goodreads. I'm hit with like 6,000 books I want to read. Can't keep track of it all. Yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we're going to now send you to our brilliant conversation with Brian. Check it out. All right. Welcome back. What time is this on the pod? It's like four or five. I mean, we guess we've. In total, we've had a, a you know four or five different interactions with your part and our pod. But welcome back to the pod, no limits. Return guest Brian Costello. Well, thank you guys. Happy to be back. You you, you never know what show you're on. You have you guys have diversified. You are a multimedia empire now. There we go. That's what there you guys go. have become. <laughs> if only. It feels good though to be back on the Mitch Rap podcast. It, it I gotta does. Say, it feels good. It does. Sometimes I'm confused when I'm I'm like listen. I'm like, wait, did I listen to this episode yet? Oh wait, is this the Mitch Rab one, or I have to go to the Thriller one? It's it's. But I am. I wish I was back under better circumstances, but I am thrilled to be back. Well, yes, there's still a lot yes. to celebrate. I mean, there is. We yes, got Don Bentley taking over the series. Huge news. Kyle Mills going on to pursue some more creative endeavors. We know. He's been itching to do that and get back to his Fade character, who he wrote years ago. And Code Red. You know, we got Code Red since we last talked to you. So we got things to celebrate. I guess some yes. things to mourn. Well, I mean, you had to. You were tasting grapes, testing them in the vineyard, right, for your select series wine that you guys are going into now. Just not <laughs> podcasts, your own vintage wine. And you interrupted that trip. That 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 was that's the sacrifice of being a podcaster. If it took me away from Napa Valley Wines and my wife during my spring break, you know that that must have been a big announcement, and it was. I I had to cover it. I had to jump in. Mike is walking around in the vineyard with a book that sells Kill Shot on it. Everybody <laughs> else is reading like uh, Nietzsche. I um, you know, I we got the news, and I texted Mike. And he's like, what? What happened? <laughs> and I'm like, read your text. Read your, read your, you know, go on, open your email. And then immediately I thought like, all right, we got to We got to have some people on. We got, I want to get some more perspective on this. Not just me and Mike. And obviously like to help us flesh, flesh it out. And the first thing that popped in my head was boom, Brian, let's have Brian on. You know, he's not only been a part of the ambassador series, you got to interview Kyle during the first uh, virtual book tour, correct? Yes. And you know, we we've connected over these books multiple different times, so I, I thought it would be a good opportunity, you know, one to have you back on the pod and to, you know, help us 
I don't know, like deal with this news, like think about this news a, a little bit better. I'm, I'm a little, I don't know how to feel about it. You know, I guess my first question I really want answered is, does this mean that we're not going to miss a year? Like we're getting code red this summer and then Don, Don's just going to have a book next year. Cause he, he's, he has three book series. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he does. So I would assume that's what's going on here. The really interesting thing is I was shocked and I should have known this. I mean, because I remember Survivor coming out, but it, it's it's been that long. So Code Red will be his ninth book in the series. And when I th- when you look at that and put it into context, I think it's like it's a little surprising, <laughs> you know, because I, I don't know. I should have known there was nine. I obviously know that there's nine, but it doesn't feel like there's nine. Um, right. It's almost a decade. Does it feel like he just took over to you? It yeah. kind of feels like it to me, but it also feels like he's been doing it for a long time. It's yeah, like this weird it, in between. I think when we talk about the books, I think there's elements of, to me, like there's been different levels of Kyle in yeah. the books. Um, and that might be maybe why that feels different. Like there's definitely at the beginning where it was so wedded to Vince and then it's mm-hmm. transitioned into really his own universe. Um, obviously influenced by Vince. And I think that's why maybe it feels different to me at points in particular with like the last two books and where he went with it and where he went with the character and stuff like that. But yeah, it does feel like yesterday. And what's interesting is I go back and think about that limbo that existed from when Vince passed away with the last man, which was 2012 release. And then the survivor didn't come out until 2015. Um, so the one thing I'll say is it having lived through that is that it is nice to know that there is a transition in terms right. of what it is, because there was really a sense when Vince died. I mean, I was on not in the know in any way that, you know, that really could have been the end of the Mitch character and, yeah. you know, no spoilers, but you read the last man. That's not like a last entry of a character right i mean that was not not. there was a sense where i was at least concerned i'm like wow that's it you know that's where that character is going to be so i don't know behind the scenes when this was decided like in kyle's mind did he know he was writing this as his final one and that allows don to come in and go more smoothly into it or whatever it is but i would like to feel that there's maybe going to be more closure on this end than there was on the Vince end and that my guess is probably that there won't be a layoff. I don't think they've said there won't be, but I, I can't imagine that they would be willing for there to be a layoff of very long. It just from a business sense, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. I think for that reason, we can expect Don's book in 2024 I think he's going to be excited to write it. I don't know how his contracts work, but I mean, he he probably wants to make this the priority, although it is going to take a lot of time and research. We know Kyle did a lot of heavy lifting to make sure he studied Vince's work and that his writing was as close to Vince's craft as it could be in the beginning. And he thought a lot about the fan base and, and really wanted to make sure that we trusted him. And, you know, he he took the reins seriously from Vince. And so I, I I think that will be smoother for Don because he 
is so in tune with Mitch Rapp right now. I really loved hearing he did a few interviews and a couple other things where he said on deployments, he he was reading rap books. He picked one up at a little library uh, when he was in the army flying Apache helicopters. And so I think he's just got years and decades of of being a fan himself and and using that to craft his Matt Drake series, which I haven't read. Have you read any of his Matt Drake series, Brian? I have not. So I read, I believe I read one of the Jack Ryan Jr. ones. Mm-hmm. I've read the Jack Ryan Jr. ones. I can't remember the last one I left off, but he's written some of those. He's yeah. Listen, you only f- hear from many people good things on that. So like right. I'm like right. I would say up front on the the Don Bentley piece I'm I'm probably less inclined to talk much about him in the sense that I think he deserves as much as we gave Kyle like to, to sure. talk about like being right. upset that Kyle's leaving and stuff like that it would then be hypocritical to say that we that nobody else could write Mitch Rapp because that's what people were saying when Kyle was coming in. So, um, but he's people personally, I've heard only good things about him. And then anecdotally about his writing, people are excited about it. So I think that element's interesting. The thing that's really intriguing to me with him coming in is I think his challenge is a little bit different than Kyle's. In that Kyle had to not replace Vince, but he had to take over for Vince. And that was such a huge challenge to not only carry on that character because people were so emotionally, people who loved Vince's work were so emotionally distraught that this was gone and we're not going to have this character and what's it going to look like. So he did have to marry that Vince style. What I think is challenging for Don now is that he does not only have to balance the elements of what makes a Vince Flynn Mitch Rap book, he then also has to marry the style that Kyle wrote. Mm-hmm. Right. And which is there's elements of it that are different. So it's that piece of it is really intriguing to me because there's like another layer on top of this now where you look at Kyle's books and there's things that he's done in these books, in particular the last few that have really kind of blown up the world around Mitch. And that to me is going to be a really interesting challenge of how he reconciles that to me personally. I don't know what they're going to do. I would prefer if they allowed him to write a sequel to kill shot, because I think that would be an easier transition because then you are not trying to marry the worlds of Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills and Don Bentley right out right. of the gate it's just and, Vince. yeah and that and and he comes from i think he's had a lot of practice for this he comes from that family of the the, the clancy verse and i'll call it that because so many different people have written in that world now right. and there's so many different things but the thing i'll say about that is so many different people have written those stories now it's almost like you're painting on top of paint, on top of paint, yep. on top of paint, or you're laying roof on top of shingle on top of shingle. And it's it starts to get jumbled at points. Yeah. So I, I think it would be interesting to me if we could get a young Mitch, because I think that would allow Don the freedom to be more directly connected to the Vince version of it. But again, without knowing where Code Red goes, I don't know. He, you know, Kyle might be leaving Don in an amazing position where he could go and 
do something with Vince? I don't know. I don't know what yeah, the thought is that that it's interesting because the tagline for Code Red when we read it, me and Mike were like, interesting. Not what I thought the next novel was going to be about, you know, like this drug, you know, obviously there's this character that Kyle like really likes from Lethal Agent that is being brought back in. Right. And I don't know. I just it's 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 one of these like we're going to rank at the end of this pod, like all of Kyle's novels. But like, you know, these one offs like Total Power, like Lethal Agent, like, you know, these oh these weird takes on like in using Mitch in a thing as opposed to like having like a more structured arc. I do agree on your point. This, this idea that there's so much time between kill shot and transfer that like Don could operate in. And like, you know, you could almost do whatever the hell you want because you know, no one, you obviously have to finish up the Aziz story, but once you get past that, you, you're the world's your oyster. Greta, don't forget Greta. Yeah, and Greta. Things. Like th- those are the only two things you have yeah. to like accomplish. Yeah. Really, well, you know. Th- it's interesting because this was, I mean, years ago, and I think it was Ryan Stack. Years and years and years. I mean, we're probably talking maybe a year or two into Kyle writing when I think it started to be obvious. Like, no, Kyle can really do this. And I remember, like, an aside saying to him, I'm like. I'm really okay with what Kyle is doing and I'm really interested in it. The issue for me is ultimately going to be the day if Kyle decides he no longer wants to do it. And do I then, because then it starts to turn into like almost a James Bond situation, right? Where now, once you start having, now you're having multiple different people's You're the movie guy. You got to bring in the movie comps. Yeah. Or takes on it. But again, I'll go back to the, like the Jack Ryan novels with each person removed from Tom Clancy, that connection to the Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan, mm, mm. you know, it, it's just yeah. not there for me. And, and that's again, why like Don, who from everybody's account loves Mitch, I would just like to see him be able to take an original take on what his thought of Vince's character was. Because I think Kyle's been able to do that in a nine book series where he paid homage and the core of the character is the same. But he's also been allowed to explore and take Mitch in areas that are very different than what Kyle did. And, you know, the question ultimately is then is like, I guess it comes down to Don because he has to be able to tell that original story. Like, I would hope they would let him pick the element of the timeline he would like to, to write in. Um, but I don't know, again, I don't know where, what their thought process is. They've been so guarded to doing that sequel to kill shot and all that stuff. And I don't know what, what the, I don't know what the hang up on that was. I don't know if originally it was the movie and they thought they were going younger with him in the movie. And then they didn't want to do that. I don't, I don't know what the holdup on that is. I think most fans it, it can't be uh, anticipating a negative fan response because I think most fans clamor for it. Sure. So I, I don't know what the, the hangup is. And I wonder if anybody's pitched ideas, whether it was Kyle or others that actually made it in front of, you know, Emily Bessler or, or whoever, you know, is making the final decisions and, I mean, and why they haven't been greenlit. I, I'm really curious. And so maybe Don has to pitch something and, and there's a chance. I, I guess the, to me, maybe the hangup is, if you write that, do you have to be so good in mimicking Vince's writing or it doesn't canon. make 
that it doesn't make sense. Right. Um, yeah, maybe Mike even said like let him do a couple and then maybe go maybe try to, to tackle that. Go yeah, back I d- that. I don't know. I I'm really interested. And again, we're we're kind of was throwing you know darts with in the dark because we we don't really know what code, code red. red is. Maybe it sets up a scenario that becomes maybe very Maybe Mitch dies. <laughs> Well, I, I, I would hey, almost guarantee hey that's not going to happen, but hey maybe he cleans. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out of Oath of Loyalty right. that is up in the air. Now, if if some of that is reconciled in a way that allows Don to springboard off in the type of stories he wants to tell, then maybe that is perfect. Maybe that's ideal. So that was signaled to me when Kyle had a very stark transition from the cooks of enemy at the gates to the cooks of oath of loyalty. There are two different characters. They're, they're completely separate people. I I guess it's the wheel of fortune, right? One is on the upswing and all they can see is 16 years of power in Mm -hmm. the white house. And then I guess that wheel of fortune turns because Kyle decided in the, in oath of loyalty, they're on the way out, you know? So Maybe that's just how power dynamics go in Washington, which is probably true, that those on the up and up are not going to stay there for long. Some other top dog takes them down. But when when we got rid of the Cooks so quickly, or theoretically, we don't know in Code Red, but it seems with Anthony oh, Cook we, resigning. We asked Kyle, and he, he, he's flat out said they're not coming back. They're done. Yeah, he, he did. That's right. He did say they were done. So to me, that signals something was in the works. He didn't want to leave to the next person, his own world that he built. Mm. And so I feel like there's two key ways Code Red will set up Don to be successful. I think it will allow him to shape a president. I think we're going to get some interim, maybe not even a president mentioned, who knows here. But if anything, it's just going to be some interim short term that the country is clear, a new president, a big election is coming. And so that's one thing Don can do. And the second thing is, Irene has kind of taken a little bit of a backseat. I think Oath of Loyalty, she had some really good conversations with Mitch, and she's philosophically wondering what her life will look like, what the next steps of her career are. And so I think that's a blank canvas that Kyle's not going to try to shut the door on yet. He's going to leave open. And Don said in one of his first interviews, I want to explore Irene. So to me, I think those are two really good signals, the possibility of Don creating his own president and White House, but also shaping what Irene's next career moves are. I'm just hung up because I, so I was doing a little bit of sleuthing and like him and Don were in a lot of pictures together at Bouchercon and like blowing up the Instagram. And I know like a lot of like, I'm I'm definitely reading into this, but it, it almost feels like that was a good opportunity to meet up and discuss the transition, you know, like uh, totally like fan casting this. But Maybe I'm crazy, but would would you guys agree that it, w- it would have been easier to do the transition off of Oath of Loyalty? Like you could have had a moment like I'm thinking of like Spymaster, Brad Thor. And when at the end of Spymaster, Scott has Scott loses everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and this whole book Oath was about Claudia's past coming back to haunt her. And like at the end, Mitch loses everybody. And then like you give it to Don and he's able to do whatever the hell he, you know, some, he could do the vengeful thing. He could just move on, whatever. I don't know. Like it, it almost feels easy. It, it 
to me, it felt like this book would have been an easier transition to a new author than like having this whole other book. I mean, I guess again, caveat: we have we have to read the next book, so right. <laughs> maybe we are jumping way too early to conclusions. But though, on that, I want to get your points, Brian and Chris. I've been talking to a few fans who just through Facebook Messenger, Twitter DMs, we've been talking about where we want to see Mitch go. And I keep bringing back his age and his family. Now, yeah, I know there's a lot. many. There, right. There's many loops authors can, can jump through. That's a Kyle thing, I feel like. But Kyle's stamp on the series was Mitch's maturity as a man and now as a father to Anna. I mean, his last two books cemented. He, he's essentially an, an you know, adopted father. And Claudia and Anna, I feel like, have been so embedded in his life, and I absolutely love it. Like I am here for it. Back from the first conversations Mitch had with Anna, he wanted to be a family man. How he reacts when Anna tells him about the pregnancy, I mean, that was so important to Vince's Mitch. I'm glad it was still important to Kyle's Mitch. And now the question is, some fans have been texting me like, Oh, great. Maybe we'll kill off Claudia so Kyle can just go solo and be a badass killer again. Like, unhinged. This is going to be like <laughs> vengeance rap again, like consent to kill. And I'm like, I, I don't know. It's a bit, that would be an easy recycling of what Vince did with consent to kill, with Mitch just going ape on, on guys. And we've been there, done that. He's a different Mitch now. By the way, you would not be able to ta- uh, top no. consent to kill. No, so it would, it, it would it's, pale it's in a, comparison. It, it would just be a. a a worthless effort i think his kyle's greatest a few things and chris and i might disagree with this because you talked about some of the one-off things as opposed to large arcs one is kyle's ability to return a sense of humanity to mitch oh yeah no i agree with that which had really in the last few Vince novels, much of that had disappeared. And I'm sure Kyle would have brought that back. You know, I mean, Vince would have brought that back. You know, there was an arc to that, but the, the ability now, I think it's interesting how Kyle did it because I do think there's some ways you paint yourself into the corner with Claudia, with, you know, Anna, you know, I mean, like it, you get people who are saying what they're saying, you know, Mike, I want him to be badass Mitch rap where he has nobody and he can. But one of the reasons I think you can go into book 22 and then Don will write book 23, right? Is that Kyle changed that character? Because we couldn't be 23 books into the Mitch post consent to kill anymore. It would just be like, it would be like taking 17 with Liam Neeson. Now (laughs) he's going to, now another person he knows has been taken and he's going to kill them too. Like people would have been second cousin's grandma. People would have been, I mean, not all people, some people would have been fine on, but I think a lot of people would have checked out on that. So Kyle's ability to do that. And, and some of the stand alone adventures to me are really interesting because I think there is a more cinematic style to the way Kyle writes than how Vince wrote. No, very true. Very true. And, you know, some of those almost standalone stories allow an entry point for people who don't even necessarily have to be a Mitch Rap fan. And right. 
that is slightly different. Now, I think that probably bothers a lot of people who are solely Mitch Rapp fans, and I could see the pushback against some of that stuff. But I think is just a storyteller, the geopolitical stuff that Kyle did to me was intriguing, um, which is why I'm really fascinated where he goes now, um, because I think at points it's a double-edged sword. He probably could have, the Cook characters in a non-Mitch Rap novel probably would have been even more fascinating because he wouldn't have been tied to the expectations of a Mitch Rap with them. Sure. And it was almost like the, the Cooks to me were almost like a, a Greek tragedy mm-hmm. in a Mitch Rap, which is like, that's kind of fascinating to me to roll that type of stuff into it. So I loved his storytelling. I do understand why if you're just like an early Vince fan, at times it might've been jarring. Um, and I think that's, that might be the difference in terms of when you jumped on the Mitch train. Like if you were somebody who was in it from me, like from when the first book was published, all those books I'm reading as they come out. So it's just this like gradual progression of Mitch's character. But if you're somebody who's binging all these books and you binged, let's say Vince's books and then went right into Kyle's books, that might've been a little bit more jarring to you. I think those are really good points, but a, a small counterpoint I think comes in early Kyle in the first two or three books with the character of Grisha. Yeah. I, I definitely see all of that with the cooks and this new era that we're in. And I almost pine for that early Kyle style where Grisha He's such a Vince, a Vince villain. Yeah. Like, I think Grisha might be, in addition to adding humanity to Mitch and his repertoire, I think Grisha might be one of Kyle's best legacy creations. In yeah, the you stole my, uh, you stole my, uh, you asked us to come up with our bet, what we thought Kyle brought best to the yeah. series, and yeah, I, I think it's it has to be Grisha. You know, if if you're not going to pick like his, you know, elevation of Claudia, then it's it's got to be Grisha because that character, and also like to sort of piggyback on your return to humanity, he kind of does that not through Mitch, but also like through Mitch seeing Grisha. You know, like, yes, that's right. You know, because you have you have this adversary. You know, Louis Gould was like thought he was as good as Mitch, but Grisha was was as good as Mitch. Yes, you know. Yep. Like, yep. I'm sure there's people out there that don't want to admit that, but Grisha was. He bested Scott. He, you know, he, he, and then, so you see this, you know, you see the master, you know, you see them interact and Mitch get bested. And then you go through the arc of them having to work together yep. for Mitch's sake. And then you have the the culmination to have to work together for Grisha's sake. And then like just though that, that three book arc, you know, even though like Code Red is probably the weak, or not Code Red, um, Red War is the weakest of the three. I, I thought that that probably was Kyle's best arc, you know, in storytelling. I don't think that's best Kyle's best book in that in those those three, but I think like the overall arching story and like what he added to the series, I think it's that Russian series. I agree completely. It's so quintessential Kyle and what he changed 
about Vince and what he brought to the series was he did it in those three books, Order to Kill, I guess Survivor, Order to Kill, Enemy, and Red War. I'll agree, not my favorite of his books necessarily, but the best maybe long-term story that he told. And and I thought you were going to bring up Grisha is a great parallel to Mitch because he's the Russian kind of robot super soldier when they talk about how he was trained to be this super athlete, super killer. And you can kind of align that with American Assassin. And so while we're set up to think he's evil, we don't like him, he's a villain, right? Mitch has to kill him. Mitch actually realizes Grisha is himself in the Russian context. And because of that, they have to see the humanity in each other and they help each other. So that was a brilliant move by Kyle where most people would be like, why would Mitch let one of his adversaries into his inner circle? But when Kyle did it, it made sense because they're the same person. Right. And then it happened again with Grisha and his girlfriend out in, uh, is it Costa Rica, whatever tropical place they're at. Mitch definitely gets that he's he's got a life of his own as well. The same way he now has Anna and, and, and Claudia to take care of. I love the parallel between Mitch and Grisha. So I'm, I'm going to say Claudia and Anna, Grisha Azarov, and just the humanity that Kyle brought to Mitch are the three keystones, the legacy that he left on the series. Is there anything else we're missing? Those are the three big ones. I yeah, I think there's big. I just think thematically he brought really interesting ideas. And I also think he was willing to make potentially really difficult decisions. Like, like mm. the world he sets up at the end of total power, let's say, or at the end of enemy at the gates. That's not like that is globally changing a universe you're writing in, right? That's just not like Mitch saved the world from a terrorist attack and we can, you know, turn the page and the next book can be Mitch saving the world from another terrorist attack. You know, what he did with Mike Nash in Enemy of the You went there. You went there. (laughs) But that to me is like, that is that's really fascinating, and it, it, he was not afraid to take really big swings. Definitely not. I would, and yeah. I, I, like that to me, those are the books that I, of his I put m- more towards the forefront for that exact reason that he was not willing to just sit with the IP and mimic it. He sure, was yeah. he was willing to bring a voice to this character. Cause again, otherwise what's the point of him writing it? Yeah. Exactly. Do, do I mean, it's just Agreed. like, go get, go get that AI bot, whatever. Yeah, is, go go is get that. Chad GPT he, to write the next yeah, novel. Here's, yeah. here's all the Vince books. Let's scan them into the AI. And then that could like, if he's not bringing those things, so his ability to do that. And I think at times utilize characters like Mike Nash character. Let's be honest, that character became, sorry Mike Nash fans really became irrelevant in this this series to be able to find a way to make that character relevant again and with the emotional impact of that last segment so like one of the things I'll take away always is that scene of him like 
struggling up that mount. Like that's a sequence. And again, I think of things cinematically as I read, I visualize it. That is, that was just such impressive writing to me. And then to come back with the opening of Oath of Loyalty and show, I I don't like that to me was really intriguing. And I I love that he was, you know, brave enough to do that because the, the simple thing would have been, who's the terrorist of the week? It's, you know, it's 24 season 14. Here we go. Jack Bauer and Mitch Rapp are the same guy. And we're just going to do the same. Now we're not attacking the White House. We're attacking the Louvre. Get in there, Mitch. And yep. he, he didn't do that. And I know some people dislike that. that. They they didn't want that. They wanted, you know, terrorist of the week. They wanted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They wanted you what know, you were yeah. saying. He didn't do. Yeah. And exactly. so for me, that's what I connected to with him that I kind of appreciate. But I'm interested now to see what Don's take will be. Like, what avenue does he want to go with that character to make it his own? And I'll say, you know, just to your point about the Mike Nash character, and like I, I'm, I'm a Mike Nash fan in terms of like I liked him when he first came on, and when I first read Enemy, I was like shocked because I, I had a connection to that character, but you know, it took me and Mike like a little bit of time going back and forth. We actually posted like a was it a follow up episode where we like oh, broke yeah. down, and this just goes into like Kyle did his research. And knew the Vince and Mitch story in and out that you could actually go through. And we actually brought this up on our next interview with with Kyle or like talking about the book, how we went and we we picked out scenes that Vince had laid out with Mike showing that he is the kind of person that ultimately could make that turn that Kyle chose him to do. And it makes sense. But again, like if you're not like, you know, it's kind of like that thing where if you're reading them year to year, you know, you might. You might forget if you're doing like us when we were, we'd already read them, but now, now we're going back, we're reading them back to back to back. And like those things like stand out on the rereads. And I think like now we, we told people in that pod, if you had a problem with uh, enemy, go back, read these books with Mike in them and you will understand his choice. And th- that just shows how Kyle understood the character and was able to elevate him. You know, like you said, from, a nonsense character, you know, after once um, Vince had, had passed to now, you know, bringing, giving him more importance, making him interesting, you know, and doing something bold and brave. Like yeah. at the, that end scene is, is, is brave. So that's extraordinarily bold. I was, my jaw dropped when I first read Anime at the Gates and the ending, because how many people were thinking, Mike Nash is going to be president or Mike Nash is going to take over for Irene. And it was just so smart to, to find these kernels of actually Irene scolds Mike Nash, you know, in the past, Irene has sidelined him and he wouldn't get his hands dirty. And they had to call in Scott Coleman to do the things that Mike wouldn't do. But then again, Irene did ask Mitch, would you be okay taking orders from Mike Nash? So she was conflicted about his future. So when something conflicts Irene, you know, she's going back and forth on who Mike Nash is. Can he be trusted? You better betcha we should be nervous about Mike Nash. So like if Irene is that way, for Kyle to then replicate that sense and that feeling 
that uncertainty and unease in the audience, I think is just next level. I think it's like layers upon layers of, of, of psychological meaning there. And I don't know if a lesser author could pull that off. I think you make Mike Nash president, you know, you all of a sudden now have a new cheerleader to let Mitch do whatever Mitch wants to do, uh, you know, up above him in the, in politics. And it was an easy way out. And like we've been saying, like Brian, you said, Kyle never once took the easy way out. No, he never took the easy way out. And the other thing is, I, I try to rack my brain. I'm not sure anybody has been able to come close to pull off what he did in terms of having to take over a literary character as popular. I mean, they've done it with Jason Bourne. They've done it with Jack Ryan. To a degree, they've done it a little bit with Dirk Pitt. Um you know, Patterson novels, all you know, all these other voices writing it. I don't think any of them were as go- anywhere near as good as Kyle. And that's no offense. Again, I, there's some great people like Grainy wrote some of the stuff with Clancy and all that type of stuff. But Kyle's ability to kind of balance the idea of the character is, imp- is everything, right? Like people want to read a Mitch Rapp novel because it's Mitch Rapp. But and you're not seeing those other ones hit number two on the New York Times best. They're, they're not. And quite honestly, and, and this is not to be f- offensive, they're just not as good. The, 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 like some of these other IPs that are being, you know, constantly written and, pu- and yeah. pushed out, they're, they're no longer as relevant. They're no, you, you, you see it and it's out and you're just like, yeah, maybe I'll get that from the library now. And that's and now that was the never the case with Kyle. Was never the look case. at the survivor. You nailed it. Like, I, I I can't believe how good a book that was for the first one. I mean, it, it didn't take time to ease into it. He did the heavy lifting. He he killed Stan Hurley. Like, just another that's move. by the way, that's Such another an great. Character. That's a that's an all time. I I think that's when Amazing. I completely bought in. Hundred percent to him was that sequence in Germany all the way back. You just read it and you're like, okay, because the wow. apprehension. And I read the book early because I, you know, I was part of that first Mitrap ambassador program, and we got. I'm, I can't remember when the book itself came out. I'd have to look up when it is, but I, I got that book in July of the year it was released. And that had been quite, again, Vince had died several years before. So that was like, there was this anticipation of what it is. And I just remember like tearing through it and reading it. It was like 4th of July weekend and I'm, and I'm just reading it. And quite early in, I was like, okay, like this, this is going to work. Now for me, I have to be honest with you, when we do our rankings, the next couple of books after the ones you guys like, uh, order to kill, um, enemy of the state. Enemy of the state. They're closer to the bottom for me of those, but that's because again, I like when it. I feel like Kyle started to feel comfortable in terms of really generating the storyline. The other books are very good, but I feel like they're more closely aligned to just the old Vince novels, which is Grecian stuff, which is awesome. But I do think it led to a nice kind of gradual transition of him, you know, always honoring Vince, but also expanding his storytelling, um, you know, the further he got into it. Should we get into our rankings, Mike, or do you have something else? 
Yeah, no, let's do that. But but Brian, on your point, I remember specifically on the pod when we did Order to Kill, an enemy of the state, half of those books were some of our favorite writing in the entire series. Uh, it was like, I think Order to Kill, the first half, we were like, no way, this is over the top good. And then the second half fell a little flat. And I remember being like, okay, we, we can do this. You know, Kyle's going to sustain this series and what he did in the first half of that book. And I think it was actually the second half of Order to Kill and the first half of Enemy of the State. I would have put in the top five of all Mitch Rapp books. And unfortunately, I remember on the pod, Chris, a bunch of times we said, it just doesn't have that complete storytelling yet. Chapter one to chapter 60, 70, 80 in the end. So those also slipped down my list a little bit, which I guess we should get into. But I do remember, even if they're lower on my list of rankings, I remember there were certain things in that book that we said were were bomb. Oh, yeah. There's oh, he's always I, he, he didn't have there wasn't a single one he wrote where I was like, Ooh, I, I don't know if I want to pick up the next one. Uh, didn't come close to any of that. Before we sign off, can I give a few honorable mentions that didn't come up in our conversation with Brian, but that I think are definitely worthy of, of note for what Kyle Mills sure. has done to the series? One of them, Fred fucking Mason, baby. Fred Mason. <laughs> That's so funny. You're, you always, like, he's a good character. All right, what, what else? What else honorable mention do you got for me? So. It's less an honorable mention, more a question, I guess I should say. Marcus Dumont? I really liked him in Enemy at the Gates. I think a little bit. Was it Total Power? Marcus Dumont going to be in Code Red? Yeah, I don't know. We, we kind of brought that up during our last interview. And I guess it's just a character that Kyle didn't like jive with, like that, yeah. that Vince did. You know, Vince needed to have Marcus in every novel. Yeah. I don't know if that's because Marcus is based off of someone that, that Vince knew, you know? So Scott, we, we got to have Scott, right? You know, like that's, have Scott. that's, and I, I'm, we, we also didn't mention this with Brian, but I'm really intrigued to see what, you know, Don, not only with Guyreen, but with Scott, because I've really liked the growth. I like Scott in the, in the original novels, but you know, Kyle added that glint in the eye of Scott a little bit, you know, that little like, yeah. <laughs> little, little beautiful smile, blonde hair, blue eyes. But at the same time, you, he looks at you and he's going to fucking kill you, you know? Like <laughs> <laughs> And also Absolutely. the loyalty, the loyalty of Scott. So, yeah. oh yeah. Really really intrigued with Scott. Through thick and thin. Yeah, yeah. I guess the the last honorable mention, Joe Maslick flipping off the drone when he's flipping hamburgers <laughs> and they come to arrest him. Just absolutely love that moment in oath of loyalty kyle dropped some gems like the threesome comment with donatella mitch and claudia maslick flipping off the uh, the drone uh, just oh my god there's just and then he eats the burger <laughs> he eats t- he shoves down two of them right <laughs> yeah. i guess to follow up on your comment is like uh, how much comedy is don gonna keep in the series because that's mm, that's right. and Kyle's even said that's a big difference that what he's had from what Vince had. You know, Vince, right? Very minimal comedy. Like Mitch had like a couple mild zingers, but yeah. since then Kyle has added. You know, 
he's a freaking Ronnie Dangerfield midtrap, you know. Dude, so yeah. <laughs> not not that much, but still, there's there's definitely humor within these last novels. It'll be interesting to see what continues, what doesn't. Mm, yeah. The only thing I can say is we'll have to see. So we'll have to see. So last thing, I just want to plant the seed. <laughs> last last thing, last final thing. And no need to respond to this. I just want to plant the seed in, in hopes that somebody picks up on it. I hope this seed can can get sown a little bit here. And, and again, this might be me on an island. I might be coming out of left field. But I'm just going to throw two names at you. And, and maybe Don, if you ever hear this, who knows? Feel free to tell me I'm an idiot. Feel free to run with it. I'm going to drop two names. Tommy Kennedy, Rory Nash. Mm. I'm just going to leave it at that. Just gonna leave it at that. Mm, intriguing. There's just two names largely forgotten, kind of in the annals of Vince history now, but they're out there somewhere. These young men, you know, they they've got to be in high school, maybe college, or probably even college or beyond. So, I, I just wonder what they're up to. A, a little universe expanding is is something I wonder about here. We'll see. Yep, yep. We have to thank our patrons. Our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Ben, Matt, Dawn, Peggy, Ray, Bridget, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review to all three of our seasons of No Limits using Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find us online at thrillerpod.com or using Twitter and Instagram at thrillerpodcast. And as always, just let Mitch be Mitch. <laughs>